You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include the Titan submersible was found in the Atlantic, the Prime Minister of India visited the White House on Thursday, and I-95 will reopen this weekend. Here's your national news recap for the week of June 18th. The Coast Guard confirms the submersible used to view the Titanic was found demolished on the ocean floor. Rear Admiral John Mauger said the robotic sub found parts of the missing Titan 1,600 feet from the bow of the Titanic. Mauger said there was a catastrophic failure and gave his condolences to the family members affected. A report says the debris field found within the missing Titanic sub search area is indeed from Titan. The BBC reports a diving expert and a friend of passengers aboard the Titan has confirmed the debris contains, quote, a landing frame and rear cover from the submersible. The Titan disappeared Sunday with five people on board bound for the wreck of the Titanic at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. House Republicans say testimony from IRS whistleblowers alleged misconduct in the investigation into Hunter Biden's taxes. House Ways and Means Chair Jason Smith told reporters the testimony claims there was misconduct and government abuse resulting in preferential treatment for the president's son, Hunter Biden. Smith said the whistleblowers have also faced, quote, immediate retaliation. Hunter recently struck a deal with federal prosecutors to plead guilty to a pair of tax-related misdemeanors. The charges stem from his failure to pay taxes on income he received in 2017 and 2018. Prosecutors are expected to recommend probation and he'll likely avoid prison time. Congressional Republicans want to impeach President Biden over what they see as inaction at the southern border. The push is led by Chip Roy of Texas. Data that we have shows that 125 individuals from the terrorist watch list have been encountered this fiscal year alone. There was pushback on the House floor from Massachusetts Democrat Jim McGovern. He pointed to the latest federal data showing 70 percent fewer illegal immigrants encounters per day. Treasury Secretary Yellen says the U.S. must work with China after President Biden calls its president a dictator. Speaking at a news conference in Paris, she said both she and Biden, quote, believe it's critical to maintain communication. Yellen noted that the U.S. also acknowledges it has disagreements with China. President Biden made the comments to a group of donors at a fundraiser this week discussing the Chinese spy balloon. The Justice Department is turning over evidence in former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago case to him and his attorneys. According to a court filing that includes testimony from a witness before the grand jury, such as Trump's valet, who's now a co-defendant in the case. He's accused of lying to prosecutors about his role, moving boxes in and out of Mar-a-Lago storage during the efforts to recover the documents. Security camera footage was also turned over to Trump's camp. Former Texas Border Congressman Will Hurd is running for president. He used his first campaign video to attack Democrats on defense and foreign policy. I'll put our American security and prosperity first, and I'll give us the common sense leadership America so desperately needs. 
Heard joins a crowded field of Republican presidential candidates that include Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, and Mike Pence. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is continuing his attacks on San Francisco, saying what he saw in a campaign stop on Tuesday was, quote, sad. Speaking at an appearance in Tampa, the governor and GOP presidential hopeful says the city had collapsed because of what he called governing by ideology. I was on the streets for maybe 20 minutes. I saw people defecating on the sidewalk. I saw people using fentanyl openly. I saw people smoking crack openly. And it was kind of a, 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 a civilization that in decay. This comes after a war of words between DeSantis and California Governor Gavin Newsom, in which Newsom accused Republican policies of contributing to gun violence, diminishing LGBTQ people and abortion rights. DeSantis said Newsom should stop, quote, pussyfooting around and challenge President Biden. A Missouri couple is facing charges for taking part in the U.S. Capitol riot in 2021. Stephen and Kimberly Dragu of St. Joseph were charged last week with four misdemeanor counts. The couple documented their breach of the Capitol, including a photo of Kimberly entering through a broken window. The Dragus are the 26th and 27th Missouri residents to be charged in the connection with the riot. The Supreme Court is ruling a lawsuit filed by the Navajo Nation in a water rights dispute to be thrown out. The federal government does not have to ensure water access for the Navajo Nation. NBC News' legal correspondent Julia Ainsley says in the majority opinion, Justice Brett Kavanaugh said it's not the judiciary's role to update a 155-year-old treaty. The Navajo Nation has claimed an 1868 treaty with the U.S. required the government to take action to secure water access for the tribe. Conservative Justice Neil Gorsuch joined the three liberal justices in dissent, with Gorsuch writing the Navajo Nation was only asking the federal government to identify its water rights. Cops in Alaska are not looking for a serial killer. The Anchorage Police Department and the Alaska State Troopers made the statement after a social media post claimed a suspected serial killer from Oregon was now in the state and could be preying on hikers. The post referenced the recent murders of two women who were found in Trapper Creek. Officials said investigators have found no evidence that any of the recent murders that have occurred in the Matsu Valley or Anchorage area are connected in any way. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. I'm Gavin Trutzenbach with your international news report. Our first story comes from Reuters. President Joe Biden hailed a new era in the U.S.-India relationship after rolling out the White House red carpet for Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi on Thursday, touting deals on defense and commerce aimed at countering China's global influence. The partnership is stronger, closer, and more dynamic than at any time in history, Biden told reporters at a joint press conference with Modi, and the economic relationship is booming, with trade more than doubling over the past decade. Modi touted a new chapter to the country's strategic partnership after the two leaders emerged from Oval Office talks where the country's differences on Russia and human rights were on the table. Though the countries aren't formal allies and India has long relished its independence, Washington wants Delhi to be a strategic counterweight to China. The press conference itself was a reflection of contrasting political traditions, marking the first time Modi has taken questions in such a format in his nine-year tenure. He took one question apiece from an American 
and an Indian journalist selected in advance. Modi's visit was not without controversy. His planned speech later on Thursday to a joint meeting of Congress, normally an affirmation of a visiting leader from an allied nation, was set to be boycotted by a raft of liberal lawmakers. As some 7,000 well-wishers gathered for a colorful opening ceremony at the White House, a far smaller group of demonstrators gathered blocks away to protest the Biden administration's coziness with Modi. For Biden, the benefits of engaging with the world's biggest democracy at a moment of increased tensions with rival China have outweighed both the costs and risks. The challenges and opportunities facing the world in this century require that India and the United States work together and lead together, and we are, Biden said as he welcomed Modi to the White House. He promised to discuss human rights, freedom, and the rule of law with Modi, and told reporters after their talks that they had a straightforward discussion. Biden administration officials say sweeping agreements to be announced on semiconductors, critical minerals, technology, space cooperation, and defense cooperation and sales will ring in a new era in relations between the two countries. Some are aimed at diversifying supply chains to reduce dependence on China. Others are aimed at cornering the market in advanced technologies that may feature on the battlefields of the future. Biden and Modi will sign off on a deal to allow General Electric to produce jet engines in India to power Indian military aircraft through an agreement with Hindustan Aeronautics. U.S. Navy ships in the region will be able to stop in Indian shipyards for repairs under a maritime agreement, and India will procure U.S.-made armed MQ-9B Sea Guardian drones. U.S. chipmaker Micron Technologies plans a $2.7 billion semiconductor testing and packaging unit to be built in Modi's home state of Gujarat. The U.S. will also make it easier for skilled Indian workers to get and renew U.S. visas. India also agreed to join the U.S.-led Artemis Accords on space exploration and to work with NASA on a joint mission to the International Space Station in 2024. Our next story comes from BBC. Beijing has recorded its hottest June day in more than 60 years with the mercury touching 105.9 Fahrenheit or 41.1 Celsius, Chinese weather authorities say. The city is experiencing a prolonged heat wave with extreme temperatures to persist until the end of June. On Thursday, officials said it was the hottest June day since record-keeping began in 1961. More than 21 million people live in Beijing, the nation's capital in the north. On Thursday, a weather station in the city's north recorded a high of 107 Fahrenheit, or 41.8 C. Authorities earlier issued an orange alert, the second most severe weather warning, saying that temperatures could reach 102 Fahrenheit, or 39 Celsius, in the days to Saturday. Local authorities in Beijing and other cities in northern and eastern China advised people to suspend outdoor work during the hottest parts of the day, and to get medical help if they show symptoms of a heat stroke. A study released last month found climate change had made heat waves 30 times more likely in Asia. The extreme heat caused deaths and hospitalizations in some countries, melted roads, and affected other infrastructure. Heat waves are one of the deadliest natural hazards in the world, causing thousands of related deaths each year. Our final international story comes from Reuters. The Bank of England raised interest rates by a bigger than expected half a percentage point on Thursday, after it said there had been significant news suggesting British inflation would take longer to fall. The BOE's Monetary Police Committee, MPC, voted 7-2 to to raise its main interest rate to 5%, from 4.5%, its highest since 2008 and its largest rate increase since February. Economists polled by Reuters had expected a move to 4.75%, although financial markets earlier on Thursday had seen a nearly 50% chance of a rise to 5%, following higher-than-expected inflation data released on Wednesday. BOE policymakers had given little indication that a half-point rate increase was under consideration in the run-up to Thursday's announcement. Britain's economy, which was hit by the shock of Brexit as well as the COVID-19 
pandemic and the surge in gas prices caused by Russia's invasion of Ukraine has dodged a widely expected recession so far in 2023. While Britain faces a tricky inflation challenge, as inflation has been slow to fall from the 41-year high of 11.1% struck last year, other central banks see challenges too. I'm Gavin Trutzenbach, and that was your International News Report. I'm Kerry with your local news from Fox 29. Officials in Pennsylvania confirmed Wednesday that Interstate 95 will reopen this weekend, less than two weeks after a gasoline tanker crash and fire caused the roadway to collapse. Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro and PennDOT Secretary Mike Carroll lauded the round-the-clock of road crews to complete the expedited project ahead of schedule. A section of the northbound lanes of the elevated highway collapsed early June 11th after a tractor-trailer hauling gasoline flipped over on an off-ramp and caught fire. State transportation officials said the driver, who was killed, lost control around a curb. The resulting damage necessitated demolition of the southbound blades as well, officials said. Pennsylvania's plans for a quick interim fix has involved trucking in 2,000 tons of lightweight recycled glass nuggets to fill in the collapsed area, avoiding supply chain delays for other materials, officials said. After that, a replacement bridge will be built next to it to reroute traffic while crews excavate the fill to restore the exit ramp, officials said. Shapiro said Tuesday that crews had completed pouring the aggregate into the gap to build it up to the level of the rest of the highway, and cranes were now lifting larger outer barriers into place. After that, crews would begin paving and striping three lanes in each direction, he said. The president said Saturday he knew how important the highway was to Philadelphia and the Northeast Corridor, carrying more than 150,000 vehicles, including 14,000 trucks every day. It is critical to our economy and it's critical to our quality of life, he said. From News 12, three people have been sent to the hospital after a large fire broke out in Atlantic City on Wednesday. Fires on Belfield Avenue and is impacting multiple homes. Officials say that 10 people were rescued from six homes. Each house has multiple units. The American Red Cross says that they are helping at least one person with temporary housing as well as clothing and food. Police are asking people to avoid the area for the time being. From 6ABC, one of the most wanted fugitives in New Jersey has learned his fate. Francisco Martinez was sentenced to 20 years in state prison for killing his ex-girlfriend 29 years ago in Buno Borough. Officials say the 53-year-old fled to Mexico after he killed Patricia Boney on February 25, 1994. Martinez stabbed her over 17 times at her home in front of their one-and-a-half-year-old child, according to investigators. Boney's 9- and 11-year-old children found her lying in bed with their baby brother covered in blood and called 911. Responding officers were able to speak to Boney, who identified Martinez as her killer before she died. After the killing, authorities say Martinez fled to Mexico and successfully hid under an assumed identity for over 25 years. He was extradited back to New Jersey last year. The Atlantic County Prosecutor's Office says after an unsuccessful attempt to withdraw his guilty plea, Martinez was sentenced for Boney's murder. From CBS 3, Pennsylvania's Democratic Party primary field for attorney general is filling up as the former head of Philadelphia's public defense lawyers kicked off her campaign Wednesday for the state's top law enforcement office. If elected, Keir Bradford Gray, 48, would become the first black attorney general in Pennsylvania. She would also become the first attorney general whose legal experience was primarily as a public defender. Before Bradford Gray led the Defender Association of Philadelphia for five years, she was Montgomery County's chief public defender, recruited in 2012 by Governor Governor Josh Shapiro, who was at the time was about to become chair of the county's three-member board. No Republican candidate has announced, although your county district attorney Dave Sunday is considering running, a campaign consultant said. Shapiro stepped down as attorney general in January when he was sworn in as governor. He appointed his top deputy, Michelle Henry, to finish the last two years of his term as attorney general. Henry, a former Bucks County prosecutor, has said she does not plan to run for the office in 2024. From ABC7, twins make up about 3% of 
of the U.S. population, but for one high school graduating class in Bergen County, New Jersey, the rate of seeing double is more than doubled. Justin and Roman, Dan and Nico, John and Juliana, Ryan and Robert, Tommy and Isabel, Andre and Gabe, Kyle and Anthony, and Tommy and Sarah are eight out of 11 sets of fraternal twins that all started at Northern Highlands Regional High School together. The pair of twins make up about 6.5% of their graduating class of 340 students. Each set has gone to school together all their lives. Most of them are going in different directions for college. The class missed the twins graduating together record at Northern Highlands by five. The class of 2021 has 16 sets of twins. This class will graduate on Thursday evening. From NBC10, an investigation is underway after flyers promoting racist and anti-Semitic websites were round in Ridley Township, Pennsylvania over the weekend. Police said at least two flyers were found in the Swarthmerwood section of the town on Sunday. One flyer states, our children pay the price for our inaction. Stand up, white man. Both flyers included QR codes directed towards websites promoting racism and anti-Semitism. Several residents told NBC10 they never saw the flyers. Another resident who also wanted to remain anonymous told NBC10 Ridley Township has had issues regarding race. I'm Carrie and that was your local news. I'm Aiden Doherty with your Rowan News. For the second consecutive year, Rowan University's President Ali Hushman has been recognized as a Philadelphia Titan, a key leader in the region. Named to the 2023 Philadelphia Titan Top 100 list by Titan CEO and Whipfly LLP, Hushman joins 99 other leaders from a wide range of fields, including education, entertainment, business, medicine, and healthcare. The Titan 100 program recognizes Philadelphia's top 100 CEOs and C-level executives as the area's most accomplished leaders, men and women who demonstrate exceptional leadership, vision, and passion for their work and institution. Hushman in March was named to the Philadelphia Business Journal's Power 101 list and in February was ranked highest among New Jersey educators in the ROI NJ Power Influencer issue. Hushman, who this year celebrates his 10th anniversary as president of the university, has led it during a period of unparalleled growth, including the founding of Cooper Medical School of Rowan University in Camden, the acquisition of the School of Osteopathic Medicine in Stratford, and last year historic partnership with Virtua Health. Rowan under Hushman is also developing the Schreiber School of Veterinary Medicine, New Jersey's first, and is building the Gene and Rick Edelman Fossil Park Museum in Mantua Township. Rowan under Hushman leadership has also become the third fastest growing research university in America, expanding from 9,000 students at the start of his tenure to roughly 22,000 today. In the spring, Addison Decker and Vince Gallo accepted a challenge from Dr. Matthew Edson founding dean of Schreiber School of Veterinary Medicine to develop prosthetic hind legs for a goat. Fortunato was born with septic arthritis, an affection that affected the development of his rear legs and hooves. Shunned by his mother, he didn't receive the colostrum or first milk that can help fend off diseases. His owners did not want to euthanize him and made him a house goat, bottle feeding him and wrapping his rear legs in cast padding topped by veterinarian wrap. Working in unison and determined to develop a prototype that would improve the goat's ability to move without pain, Deckard and Gallo made sketches and asked numerous questions of Edson and Rigel. Fortunato was able to walk on his bandaged hind legs, but needed a better long-term solution, Edson explained. I have no goat experience, but I like goats, said Deckard, who has worked with exotic animals. This is the most complicated project I've ever done. Ultimately, the students produced breathable porous silicone socks for the goat's legs that slip into royal blue thermoplastic urethane prosthetic rounded feet. Uden, who helped the students in designing a sock that would fit the shape of Fortunato's legs and allow more air circulations within the prosthetic, did all the reason printing for the sock prototypes. That was your Rowan News. I'm Aiden Doherty. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.
Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce along with the Rowan Radio News Team. I'm Jack Miller for the Roan Report with your news from the professional sports world. A lot of NBA news occurred this week as the NBA draft happened on Thursday night and some blockbuster trades took place with some big names moving to new places. We will start off with the Washington Wizards all-star guard Bradley Beal being traded to the Phoenix Suns who is now paired up with the two superstars of small forward Kevin Durant and shooting guard of Devin Booker. What the Wizards got in return were six second round draft picks as well as four first round pick swaps that will occur in 2024. 2026, 2028, as well as 2030. The Wizards now have a huge load of draft picks now to handle with for the upcoming seven years due to this trade. The next trade that happened was with Kristaps Porzingis, who was traded to the Boston Celtics in a three-way deal. The two other teams involved in this deal were the Washington Wizards, as well as the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies were able to land point guard Marcus Smart, and the Wizards were able to acquire point guard Tyus Jones, as well as forward Danilo Gallinari, center Mike Muscala, as well as the 35th pick of the 2023 NBA draft. The Boston Celtics were also able to receive the number 25th pick of the 2023 NBA draft as well as 2024 first round draft pick. Both draft picks coming in return for Marcus Smart from the Memphis Grizzlies. The last trade that occurred before the 2023 NBA draft was between again the Washington Wizards and this time the Golden State Warriors. After the Wizards acquired Chris Paul not too long ago, they are now sending him to the Golden State Warriors. In exchange for the veteran point guard, the Washington Wizards were able to get guard George Jordan Poole, a 2023 first round pick, as well as a 2027 second round pick. The Wizards have created full havoc right before the NBA draft. Now let's move on to the 2023 NBA draft, where top prospect center Victor Wembanyama was selected as the number one pick in the draft by the San Antonio Spurs. Up next with the second pick was the Charlotte Hornets, who decided to go with Alabama forward Brandon Miller. With the third pick, the Portland Trailblazers were able to draft G League Ignite stud of Scoot Henderson. The Thompson Twins from the OT Elite were drafted back-to-back next, with Amen Thompson being drafted by the Houston Rockets with the fourth overall pick, and Asor Thompson was drafted by the Detroit Pistons with the fifth overall pick. There was one draft day trade where the Oklahoma City Thunder traded up to acquire the Dallas Mavericks' 10th overall pick to draft Kassan Wallace. In return, the Mavs were able to draft the shot-blocking center of Derek Lively II. Last but not least, we're going to switch things over to the Diamond where D1 Men College World Series Finals are starting tonight as the Florida Gators will take on L. LSU after LSU walked it off in the 11th inning as Tommy White hit a two-run home run to beat Wake Forest 2-0 to send LSU to the College World Series Finals. First pitch between the Gators and the Tigers will be at 7 p.m. tonight on ESPN. Again, I'm Jack Miller for the Roan Report with your news from the professional sports world. I'm Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. Wall Street is closing with stocks lower. This comes after Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said Wednesday that more rate hikes are likely coming this year. The comments are after the central bank put a pause on its rate hiking campaign last week. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 102 points to 33 to 951. The S&P 500 fell by 22 points to 43 to 65. And the Nasdaq dropped 102. 65 points to 13 to 502. Virginia-based Gannett is suing Google. Sarah Barlett has more. The largest newspaper publisher in the country alleges Google holds a monopoly over digital advertising markets. Gannett filed the lawsuit in a New York federal court. It argues 
that the tech giant controls how publishers buy and sell online ads. The lawsuit says that it results in significantly less revenue for its rivals and publishers alike, while Google rakes in exorbitant monopoly profits. I'm Sarah Bartlett. Overstock is buying Bed Bath & Beyond's intellectual property and digital assets. Lisa G. reports. Overstock is paying some $20 million for the union-based New Jersey bankrupt retailer's brand name and online business. It doesn't include keeping the brick-and-mortar stores open. A final approval of the sale is slated for a hearing next week. Bed Bath & Beyond filed for bankruptcy back in April. Meantime, the Bye Bye Baby chain, also owned by Bed Bath & Beyond, is being sold off in a separate sale. Lisa G., NBC News Radio, New Jersey. The Ford Fund will put $5.6 million towards disaster relief efforts. Ford Motor Company Executive Chairman Bill Ford says the money will aid communities hit by floods, hurricanes, tornadoes, and wildfires. The effort is in partnership with Team Rubicon, an organization led by U.S. veterans, to provide humanitarian aid. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. I'm Sam DeTuchis with your entertainment news. Basketball legend Shaquille O'Neal is heading to Texas this fall to showcase his musical talents. The Hall of Famer has announced he is hosting Shaq's Bass All-Star Festival at Panther Island Pavilion in Fort Worth. The EDM show will feature Shaq as his alter ego, DJ Diesel, along with several other electronic music stars, including Alice in Wonderland and Sullivan King. Shaq's Bass All-Star Festival is scheduled for September 16th. The fan who threw a phone at singer Bibi Rexa over the weekend has revealed why he did it. According to a criminal complaint, Nicholas Malvania says that he threw the device during Rexa's show in Manhattan on Sunday because he wanted to see if he could hit her and thought it would be funny. Rexa was treated for an injury above her eye, but she's expected to be back on stage tonight. Malvania is now facing multiple charges, including assault. Dr. Dre is being honored for his contributions to hip-hop culture. On Tuesday, the American Society of Composers, Authors, and Publishers announced they'll be presenting the rapper with the first-ever ASAP Hip-Hop Icon Award. According to a press release, the award is presented to ASAP members whose musical contributions have made an indelible impact on the art and culture of hip-hop. Dre will accept the honor at the ASAP Rhythm and Soul Music Award celebration of 50 years of hip-hop tonight in Los Angeles. Lenny Kravitz and Billie Eilish are headlining Power Our Planet live in Paris tonight. This concert is going down at Champ de Mars in Paris at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and will be streamed through Global Citizen's social media channels, along with the iHeartRadio app. Other performers include John Batiste and Phineas. Power Our Planet Live in Paris is the start of a campaign by GC that demands a change to free up funds for a sustainable and clean energy world. A24 Films is releasing the trailer for its upcoming film, Priscilla. The film is based on Priscilla Presley's 1985 memoir, Elvis and Me. Kaylee Spaney stars as Priscilla, while Jacob Ellerty will play Elvis. The film will dive into Priscilla's life and is directed by Sofia Coppola. Priscilla hits theaters in October. Warner Bros. Discovery is in talks to potentially license older HBO series to Netflix. This comes after Warner Bros. CEO David Zaslov promised he would open up the HBO library for licensing beyond any of their own platforms. One series included in the talks is Issa Rae's Insecure which ran from 2016 to 2021. The deal would be a non-exclusive to Netflix, meaning the show would still be available on Max. There's no word on when the deal will become official. NBC's The Voice is introducing a new feature in 2024 called The Double Chair. Details are limited, but based on shows broadcast in other countries, it's believed to involve musical duos. A graphic on social media was captioned, Incoming 2024 Coaches, Double Chair, Epic Lineup, Stay Tuned. The Double Chair will not affect the upcoming season of The Voice, which is set to air in the fall. Britney Spears is reportedly reuniting with her sister Jamie 
turbulence spears amid a years-long feud. According to Page Six, Britney says she visited her younger sister on the set of Jamie Lynn's upcoming film, Zoe 102. On social media, the singer wrote, It was nice to visit my sister on set last week. I've missed you guys so much. Loyal girls stay home, but it's so nice to visit family. The reunion comes just a few weeks after Britney also met up with her mom, Lynn Spears, for the first time in years. Skechers is launching their new Rolling Stones sneaker collection. It features the band's trademark tongue logo on a unique set of Skechers for women and men. The first collection will include the modern Skechers Uno, along with canvas slip-on, lug, and cup sole designs. The shoes will be available at Skechers.com and in Skechers stores around the U.S. and the world. Several artists are celebrating a big milestone as they receive an iHeartRadio Titanium Award for 1 billion spins. Those artists include Doja Cat, Ed Sheeran, Jack Harlow, Lotto, WizKid, and Thames. The iHeartRadio Titanium Award celebrates artists who have reached 1 billion total spins across the iHeartRadio stations from their songs. Back in March, Doja and Lotto were presented with their awards during the iHeartRadio Music Awards. A health clinic in Georgia is staying open thanks to a generous donation from Rick Ross. The rapper donated over $30,000 to the Fayette Care Clinic after learning that it was facing a closure. Ross told the local media that his father would probably still be alive had he had access to health care resources and didn't want anyone to experience the same thing. According to the clinic, it is the largest donation they've ever received. I'm Sam Dutuchis, and that was your entertainment news. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.